Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast that rotates between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you what's considered a weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and as always, I am joined by my best friend, my co-host, the lovely, the amazing... (gasps) And welcome to 2022. Hooray. We kind of have made it here. Partially. Barely. (laughs) Besides making it to a new year, I think we can all agree that hopefully 2022 is better than 2021. I mean, I've got high hopes. Hopefully they're not defeated down. But I mean, it's only the second day of the month when this episode comes out. So fingers crossed. Let's hope for the best. You're asking for a lot for two days. I am. I really, really am. But you know what? Damn it. It's my birthday month and I'm allowed to ask for whatever the hell I want. So (laughs) that is what I want. Okay. Perfect. So Christy, as always, we need to discuss what we need a distraction from before we get into our episode topic, which this week I decided to kind of kick things off with folklore instead of conspiracy theories, because as I mentioned to Christy before we started recording, I'm running out of conspiracy theories to talk about that aren't problematic or, you know, boring to discuss. So we're back talking folklore, but before we discuss this week's folklore tale, what is your need for a distraction, Christy? My need for a distraction is um, a little bit of a repeater, but a little bit of a story as well. So it's it's Christmas. Well, it was Christmas when we're recording this, basically. I'm on my last night, thank God. It's my last night because I'm sleepy and I have to get back to normal daytime sleeping schedule. Yes. Um, but a story that I have that also just kind of like... It's just, it just mind boggles me because it's just stupid the things that people come up with for COVID rules and like oh no all the things. So anyways, all this things. is from the blog TO, so Toronto TTC. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So if you're a transit driver, I guess like depending where you go for your route of the day from like the depot or whatever, you end mm-hmm. like far away from where your car is. Yeah. So I guess like the drivers have like an arrangement where sometimes they leave their keys with other drivers to like meet with their cars and stuff or like have it somewhere. So then when they're done their depot, that's where their car is, I guess. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Which is completely not any of the company's control. Like, or like business basically. Where I leave my car is not your problem. Who drives my car is not your problem. I go Mm -hmm. to work, I drive the bus and I go home. Yeah. Well, TTC just made a rule about three days ago or supposedly that they like banned drivers from driving other cars. What? Yeah. They like told their employees that they can't do, they can't share keys with their cars and like do this whole mixing with the depot spots because they're trying to like limit Omicron. They don't want to like get people sick. And I was like, they drive a bus that's full of people, and you want them to go people. on that bus now as a pa- like as a passenger, yeah, not the driver as their own like protected space. But oh I want them to drive gosh. it as a passenger to get more risk of driving getting sick versus driving someone else's car, like has like has cleaned their car or like they're usually yeah. cleaning the car. It's mind boggling. Oh, that's mind boggling. I mean, I know with this whole Omicron Omega whatever transformer it is i know it's prime optimus prime yes i know it's very transmittable i mean the amount of cases that have come up in ontario it's crazy it's bad yeah it's just it's it's just i think we can all agree once again let's pray to satan 
to God, to whoever you want to pray to, that 2022 is better than 2021 and that COVID could just fuck off five ways to Friday. I think that's all. Fuck off off and not being letting my boss tell me who can drive my car or who I let drive my car. Whose car I can drive. That would be what I would want to know. Yeah. Uh, Annoyed. So that's my distraction. Fair enough. What is yours? Oh, man. So I went way the opposite direction. So I don't have a personal distraction this week because, once again, it is my birthday month. It's January. I'm living my best fabulous ca- life. Yeah, my fabulous life. I'm about to be 28. Woohoo. Yay, Almost me. Dirt. Basically, yeah. I'm just withering away to nothing. But you know what? It is what it is. But I decided to look on all that's interesting, which I love them. I don't know. I. I don't know who they are, but I love them. Uh, And that's normal. I'm allowed to have love for somebody on the internet. Sue me. I found this article by... Pardon? Slightly stoppers, but okay. Yeah, okay. I was like, wait, wait. What are you trying to say, Chrissy? What are you trying to say to me? (laughs) I'm trying to sneak it in there. (laughs) No worries. So... I found this article by Kalina Fraga, which I'm so sorry if I pronounced that wrong, um, but this was published on December 22nd, 2021. And this is terrifying. I need to rid myself of this image, which I'm going to show you in a second, Christy, and I will post on our social media platforms. But have you heard of the football fish? What's with you and your obsession with fish? But okay, I haven't heard of it. No, what is wrong with me? And I hate it. But like today, you just posted the friggin' tongue eating fish again. <laughs> Damn parasites. Yeah, the parasite thing, which if you don't know, there's a thing, there's this parasite that like will essentially take over a fish's tongue and become the fish's tongue. And it is terrifying. Honestly, I am more afraid of that parasite than most things in life. That parasite is going to haunt me until I die. Yes, but uh, from that fish, let's talk about your fish today. No, I don't know what the football fish is. Okay, so I'm going to show you a picture of it. Are you ready? And which, by the way, people listening, yes. we are recording via Skype. So Chrissy's not. Us. Yeah, don't hate us. Um, but yeah, look at that. Look at that thing. Do you see it? Oh, that thing's on like Finding Nemo. Yeah. Okay. So can you describe it to our listeners who cannot see us and see it's what the I thing think? when Nemo and Dory are yeah. down in like the abyss of darkness. And then like they're like, oh, this little light. Let's follow this light. And then that big scary fish comes out. That's what that is. Yeah. So essentially it is, it reminds me of well a very spiky ball of sorts and then it has an antenna like light that's in front of it and that is what the fish looks like um it probably looks cuter in finding nemo because in real life it is fucking terrifying and the reason why it is you know in the news as of 2021 is that the mysterious football fish the nightmarish deep sea creature that's never been seen alive has actually been making an appearance on beaches so oh, 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 no, no, yes. no, 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 yeah. not even yeah. just the water, no. the beach. So it's yeah. coming out. Let's go to the beach each. Let's get away. Actually, fuck that. Are you saying? Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> luckily it's nowhere near us, which is great. Um, love that for us. However, if you're listening from California, I hate that for you because apparently they are showing up in California. So in this article, they are more so known to be near New Zealand, Japan, Russia, Hawaii, Ecuador, Chile, and California. But recently, they're making more of an appearance in California. Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where nature is just doing kind of a weird shift. It's like, you know what? I want the world to know how terrifying I am. 
So let's turn this up to 11. So in 2021, a number of football fish washed ashore in California. One appeared in Newport's Beach Crystal Cove State Park in May. A second one washed up at Black's Beach in November. And a third appeared along the shores of San Diego in December. It's just too much for me to handle at this point. And I don't like it. Um, apparently, there's not really much known about the species in general, so a lot of people are excited that it's kind of coming up because typically it hangs out like at the bottom of the ocean. So Why we don't, are we excited? Well, I'm not saying I'm excited. I'm actually mortified, but other people enthusiasts of the football fish are excited because now they can study it more. I, on the okay, other hand, fair. would rather eat my own toenail clippings than ever encounter this fish, whether it's dead or alive. I don't want to deal with it. So that's what I need a distraction from. Sorry that was so long-winded. Regardless, shout out to Kalina Fraga from All That's Interesting. Once again, they published that on December 22nd, 2021, and we will post pictures on our social media website. And Chris, yes, it was- thank, thank you, Kalina, for all your fish facts for Alex. Yes, thank you for creating more nightmares for me. Chrissy, was there anyone from your article or your distraction that you need to shout out before we get into this week's distraction? Yeah, now that you say that, my person uh, that wrote this was Jack Lando. Thank you so much, Jack. And now let's get into it because I'm ready to forget about coronavirus and the football fish and all that bullshit that is life right now. So we're going to kick off 2022 with a cryptid creature from Illinois that is sure to provide everyone a weird distraction. This week, we're going to be chatting about the Enfield Monster, also known as the Enfield Horror or my favorite, the Enfield Horror Monster. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Very V-Ridge. Love it. Uh, now, for those who are confused, the Enfield Horror Monster is not the same as the Enfield Poltergeist. Two separate things from two different places. However, both fairly creepy. So they, I was they say, share... when you said Enfield, I was like, I just feel familiar. But that's yeah. what it's from. Yeah, we've already done the Enfield Poltergeist. That was like episode six, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, we've come so far. Oh my far. god. E I... Yep, 80 some episodes ago. Oh my goodness, yeah, and by March of this year, March or April, it'll be two years, so stay tuned. And we're going to be hitting 100 episodes soon, so let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook what we should do to celebrate our 100 episodes. Yes, Alex should put out a poll or something like that. Something like that. Something extra. But regardless, maybe by the end of the episode, we will figure out which is creepier, the Enfield Horror Monster or the Enfield Poltergeist. But for now, let's get into the reported history of the Enfield Monster. So as mentioned, the Enfield Horror Monster reigns from Illinois, specifically a village called Enfield. According to Wikipedia, the village of Enfield had a population of 596 people back in 2010, which seems to be a bit of a drop from when the 1880 consensus was taken, which had a total population of 717. Our story doesn't start in either 2010 or 1880, but rather in 1973. That is a good year, not going to lie. Christy, we weren't alive in that year. That's the year my mom was born. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know the fucking times. Of course, I wasn't a person yet. <laughs> my mother was a person. <laughs> Christy's over here like, yeah, I loved that year. It was such a good year. You know, the 70s fashion, mm, chef's kiss. Fabulous. Yeah, vibe it on fleek. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on April 25th, 1973, a 10-year-old boy by the name of Greg Garrett reportedly had rushed to his parents after experiencing an odd attack by an unknown creature. The football fish then decided to knock on the door of the boy's house. I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't we bring the football fish back in here? I know, I know, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, so not the football fish. Just disregard that. I'm trying to be funny. I'm, I'm, anyways. So, and what I can imagine was fear and panic. The boy went on to explain what happened. Greg reportedly told his parents that he was playing in his backyard when he was approached by an odd creature of sorts. This creature was described as having three legs, possessing a gray, slimy skin tone, short claws, and reddish eyes, according to the cryptid wiki page. Once approached, this creature reportedly stomped on Greg's feet so abruptly and violently that it allegedly tore the young boy's shoes. So this thing I don't know if its claws were just not done well or like, yeah, if they weren't trimmed, but this poor boy's shoes had a rough day. Massacred. Yeah, basically. I mean, better the shoes than the boy, but alas, something was massacred and it was the boy's shoes. True, 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 true. Assumingly frightened, Greg bolted away from the creature into his home to seek safety. I'm going to guess that Greg's parents went out to the backyard to look, and due to no other reports to indicate further, I'm going to speculate wildly that they didn't see anything. However, the creature reportedly didn't go far. According to my research, the Garrett's neighbors, the McDaniels, had an encounter as well on April 25th, 1973, sometime after Garrett had his incident. One of the McDaniels, then 50-year-old Henry McDaniel, reportedly was enjoying his evening when at approximately 9.30 p.m., he allegedly heard a scratching noise from his front door. In a direct quote from the 1973 Reading Eagle article, quote, he opened his door and saw, well, he saw this creature. And it looked like nothing Henry had seen before, or nothing like you or I had ever seen before, for that matter. Henry says that it was about four or five feet tall and was covered with gray fur, and it had a good-sized wide head, end quote. And I'm about to laugh because because I'm five foot two, so I can imagine this creature about as tall as I am, standing there, scratching at this door. And for some reason, I have now identified with the Enfield horror monster more than I thought I was going to in this episode. Because will you be beside it scratching too or what? (laughs) I mean, I think from now on I'm going to mark my entry or my appearance at people's homes by scratching at their door instead of knocking. You're no longer invited over here. (laughs) Well, you know what? It is what it is. (laughs) Within that same Reading Eagle article, Henry's descriptions go on to further describe this critter to have two eyes, which were reportedly three inches apart, and pink or red in color. The eyes reportedly were also compared to having the same kind of reflection ambiance of a truck reflector. So I don't, I don't, I don't have anything further to really spe- <laughs> to really add to that. But it's interesting, I guess. It was a very interesting, very wide, very uh, machinery looking. Yes, very machinery. This critter standing in front of Henry also allegedly had three legs and stubby arms, similar to what Greg had seen earlier. Now, as far as my understanding of the story, Henry didn't know that Greg had encountered this creature prior to this encounter. So Henry was witnessing this thing for the first time, not knowing that his neighbor had seen the same thing. With the two beings making eye contact with one another, Henry allegedly responded to this unknown guest by promptly slamming the door, running to get a flashlight and pistol because, you know, America. Uh, Henry went back to the front door, opened it, and opened fire, which the bullets allegedly didn't do anything to this bizarre creature. So Henry's, you know, he's shooting this thing, bam, bam, boom, boom, America, all that fun stuff. It's bulletproof. 
And it's basically bulletproof. But I will say, apparently, every time it got hit, it would hiss like a wild cat. So I just imagine that it keeps hitting it, but like bouncing off. And then the 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 critter or the creature's response is to hiss. Like, I don't know. Sorry if you listen to this podcast at full tilt, because that probably wasn't a pleasant sound. But you know what? It is what it is. You try. You really try. Once again, if you support us over on Patreon, we could get a sound bar and we... <laughs> sound bar. Soundboard. <laughs> and we could get a wildcat to hiss. And that could be a feature that you may want to hear in the future. But anyways, so after some back and forth, this creature reportedly took off, making large leaps and disappearing into the brush near the LNN Railroad, which was located near the McDaniels' home. The large leaps that were reported consisted of a range of 50 feet in a matter of only three leaps. So this critter was able to cover a huge range of ground with little effort, it seems. It's just fast. I can imagine that this creature which we we know is the Enfield horror monster but i can imagine that it would just absolutely dominate in the what was it hop skip jump thing in gym class do you remember those days when you were forced don't give me that look please tell me you had to do hop skip jump or long jump are you talking about triple jump yeah triple jump i don't know that's how i re- hop skip jump because that's what you do you had hop get a skip and then you had to jump it's called triple jump and long jumping or whatever yeah Ugh. Anyways, I can imagine that the Enfield Horror Monster probably just absolutely dominated that field. I mean, three leaps, 50 feet. He, prob- he probably also dominated the high jump. Oh, well. probably. More than likely, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Soccer field triathlon athlete they were going. Have we considered hiring the Enfield Horror Monster for the Olympics as of yet? Has anyone put an invitation out there? Because I'm just saying, as somebody that is not athletic... The Enfield Horror Monster seems pretty athletic, and I think that's something that we could, I don't know, harness for our benefit. I don't know if it's around today or if anyone's seen it or what, so I'm probably not. Yeah, I will get to that later on, so I'm going to guess that the answer is probably not. But anyways, Henry reportedly called the police to explain to them what he had encountered, which I'm going to assume his statements probably concerned officials. So they went to the home to check it out. According to reports, the only evidence reportedly seen on site were scratches on the side of the home and dog-like footprints, according to the cryptid wiki. Even though the footprints were compared to being similar in nature to that of a dog, apparently there was a pretty big difference. According to the Herald and Review article from 1973, the footprints that were found outside the McDaniels' home consisted of six toes. Dogs have four toes, or beans, if you are a pet owner. They have beans (laughs) on each paw, not six. However, according to the dog care website, some dogs can have up to five, including that of the Norwegian Lundhound, or doggos that have polydactyl. However, that doesn't explain how these dog-looking prints had six. What are your thoughts on that, Christy? Polydactyl for sure. Yeah, as someone that was born with polydactyl, I'm going to put my money on polydactyl. So that's just my two cents. You guys have a connection. Scratching doors, polydactyl. The only being between four and five feet. Weird eyes. Yeah, five two. Pink eyes, three feet. <laughs> Slimy complexion. I'm telling you, I didn't really... really like brain herself out. You know what? I would say new year, new me, but I'm still on my same self-defeating bullshit. So (laughs) it is what it is. And you know what? I'm glad that I have finally found a cryptid that I can identify with. Let's just put it that way. And hey, 
now I have a Halloween costume. So who's the real winner now? Yeah, people will be like, what are you? And they're like, I'm the creature. What do you the want? creature. <laughs> just the creature. Not the Enfield horror monster. I'm just the creature. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, I don't think the Lees were able to come up with any explanation as to what went on. So the unknown mystery dangling in the Enfield air seemed to linger, especially surrounding whether or not the creature would return, which brings us to May 6, 1973. <laughs> yes. Spooky. So, according to the cryptid wiki page, Henry was in his bed in the late evening of May 6 when he suddenly awoken by the sound of howling dogs. So, real dogs or like just the sound? The sound of howling dogs. But were there dogs around or no? Not that I was able to find out, which is kind of depressing because why not? But I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, Henry reportedly got out of bed, grabbed his gun, which once again, Murica, and headed to his front door. Although nothing was at his front door once he opened it, he allegedly did lay witness against the critter. This time, it was near the railroad tracks. And a direct quote from the Cryptid Wiki page website, which is actually taken from Henry, quote, I saw something moving out on the railroad track and it there it stood. I didn't shoot at it or anything, probably because he remembered that shooting at it literally did nothing. It started on down the railroad track. It wasn't in a hurry or anything. Which, once again, I identify with because I would probably just... Not an athlete, as you so described. Yeah, (laughs) not an athlete as described earlier. (laughs) Henry began sharing his experiences with the critter too. Well, kind of anyone that would listen. I mean, I think in that situation, I would too. If I saw something freaky, I would tell everybody. I mean, we literally have a podcast where we talk about weird, freaky shit all the time. It would be the next episode if you saw it. It'd be like, this is what we're talking about. Personal experience. Exactly. Well, and if you join us over on Patreon, which, yes, this is the third time I'm plugging Patreon, am I a little ashamed of it? A little bit. You know what? It is what it is. And I'm sorry. But if you join our Patreon, you get access to our Weird Destinations blog posts, which are monthly blog posts where we basically tell you all the creepy places we've been to, whether we think they're haunted or not, which newsflash most of the places that we have been to Eh, not so much, but you never know what 2022 will bring. There's supposedly haunted, which is why we go there, but then we get sadly let down. Yes, but alas, Henry is kind of doing what we're doing now, and he's talking to everybody. He's letting everybody know what he saw. This creature caused a big stir in such a small town, especially when reporters and curious cats decide to come make a visit to see whether this critter, dubbed the Enfield Monster, was legit or not. It also allegedly conceived a group of amateur monster hunters who reportedly would act like a neighborhood watch near the L&N Railroad. This group, which consisted of five men, supposedly did encounter the Enfield monster one evening as it reportedly was hiding in some underbrush. The men began shooting at what they thought was the monster, in which accounts state that the monster reportedly took off super fast, faster than any human could, which, I mean, realistically, this thing can do three leaps and cover 50 feet, so yeah, no shit, it's gonna be fast. Yeah, boy we're gonna discuss this fast as fuck boy (laughs) precisely (laughs) precisely so because of all the excitable chaos that was coming out of the supposed Enfield monster encounters especially thanks to henry the police were becoming increasingly stressed and frustrated and having to deal with something they couldn't validate was real in a direct quote from the cryptid wiki page quote white county sheriff roy poshard jr was so perturbed by this sudden influx of press and curiosity seekers he threatened to incarcerate henry if he didn't stop inciting panic by 
spreading his wildly terrifying tale, end quote. Which, how can you incarcerate somebody on grounds of that? Like, I don't, I don't understand what he, how, what, why you can't do that. You can't do that, can you? Well, no. <laughs> Christy, you're supposed to know. <laughs> but no, I, I don't understand... I, I mean, I get being frustrated and annoyed and, and saying, I'm going to throw you in jail if you don't shut up about it. But realistically, sir, I don't I, I don't think I don't think you can. So Henry was told to keep his lips shut, but there would be one last encounter by someone who wasn't Henry to round out the experiences of the Enfield monster. A gentleman by the name of Rick Rainbow, which pause, that is the sickest name I've ever heard in my entire life. Rick Rainbow. I want that name. Why do you want that name? Because it sounds cool. It's like, hi, my name's Rick. Rick Rainbow. I don't know. It sounds dope. Anyways, Rick Rainbow, who was the news director of a radio station called WWK1 in Kokomo, Indiana, would be the last documented person to see the Enfield horror. Mr. Rainbow, along with three other men, reportedly were in the Enfield area and allegedly laid witness to the same creature that Henry and Greg had reportedly seen in April and May of 1973. I'm not sure the specific date that Rainbow and the others saw the Enfield monster. However, I'm going to assume that it was within 1973. In referencing a Medium article about the encounter, the four men allegedly described the creature that they saw as being five feet tall and being stooped over, aka having as bad of posture as Christy and I do, because I think we both have pretty... Well, you might not have as bad posture as I do, but I know I have really bad posture. But yeah, it was hunched over. I'm only hunched over on my stool right now for the story, and I also consistently have back pain from poor posture, so yes, I know the feeling. So yes, we also... We both now identify with the unfeel for... Whore. <laughs> Enfield horror monster. I can't even say it at this point. I love that you said the Enfield horror, and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. <laughs> so, the men allegedly were unable to see the front of the creature as it had its back turned to them, so they couldn't really give a full description. But as the story goes, the four men reportedly captured the screams of what some believe was the Enfield monster. However, the recordings supposedly either have been lost or they just were never released to public. And unfortunately, we aren't able to play them or really listen to them, which is kind of annoying. Bummer. Right? Ugh, not here for it. There have been accounts by those who live nearby the area where this fourth potential Enfield sighting took place, claiming that they heard horrendous yet unidentifiable screams for up to a week after the incident with Mr. Rainbow and his pals. To make matters weird, the men allegedly had this encounter near an abandoned house, which was not far from McDaniel's home. So it was all kind of in the same vicinity in Enfield that all the original sightings had taken place. What are your thoughts on that, Christy? Mm, I don't know how to feel about that. Do you think that there's potentially, I don't want to say like a nest, because I don't know how this creature lives, basically, but I wonder if maybe that's where it was living at the time, and maybe that's why people kept seeing it around there. I don't know. It to me, it's interesting that it all kind of took place within one part of town. As far as my understanding, it wasn't taking place at random spots of town. It was just kind of one area of town. Maybe it like certain doors over there, the scratch, or there's good leaping holes. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> or maybe people had really good stuff in their compost bins. You never know. Maybe they had good garbage. Maybe. The nest sounds kind of disturbing. 
And you never know. You never know. So now I'm going to talk about what kind of took place after 1973. So after the last reported sighting by Rick Rainbow and friends, a cryptozoologist by the name of Lauren Coleman reportedly visited Enfield in order to do their own investigation. Lauren would interview witnesses. He also made a visit to the McDaniels home and reportedly even heard what he claimed to be a strange screeching banshee-like sound, which were attributed to being that by the Enfield monster. Lauren published his works in a 1974 article in the Fate magazine, which included the previously mentioned information. So basically it was kind of all the accounts, the descriptions, this, that, and the other. There was also some new information though, such as a report from the summer of 1941, where a similarly described creature was allegedly seen in Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is approximately about 45 minutes west of Enfield. Regardless, it seemed as though there were no further reports after 1973, so there were no more sightings. And to this day, the true reason behind what was seen in Enfield remains clouded in mystery. <laughs> this is where this is where things get even weirder. So some say that the monster was actually a stolen kangaroo. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? So for once, it's not owls, it's a kangaroo. <laughs> so in a direct quote from the 1973 Pantograph article, quote, Emeritus Fields and Field Treasurer received Tuesday a letter from Alan Yorkshire, Yorkshire or Yorkshire of Elria, Ohio, who said the monster answers the description of a pet kangaroo stolen from him last year. He said he would arrive in Enfield Wednesday and is offering a $500 reward for a safe return of his pet. End quote. I feel like you would know what a kangaroo looks like. So yeah, and not only that, but I've got problems with this left, right, and center. I don't think that was what people saw because I it's the 1970s. I would hope that people know what a kangaroo looks like at that point. And then not only that, too, having a kangaroo as a pet, I'm not super on board for. I feel as though that's not that's not a pet you should have legally. Those are jacked, and in the wild, they jump and kick the fuck out of people. So, like, it's I not mean, like an indoor animal or like well, even like yeah. a pet animal. I just, I'm not. I'm. It gives me Joe Exotic vibes, and I'm not here for it. End of discussion. Period. Let's move forward. Nah. Yeah, I'm saying it's not a kangaroo. Christy is saying it's not a kangaroo. Our mutual consensus is that the Enfield horror monster is not a kangaroo. So although people think it might be a kangaroo, other people think it's something potentially out of this world. So according to a piece by Mark Tullis on the Republic Times website, there have been several stories of UFO sightings within the Enfield and surrounding areas in the 1960s. Because of this, some people believe that the Enfield monster may be some form of an alien creature, potentially checking out Earth, seeing what's going on, just you know, doing its thing in Illinois, which I, I mean, I, I've never been to Illinois, so I really can't, you know, rag on it, but checking out Enfield, Illinois, a small town just to really get a grasp of what's good for Earth. But yeah, some people think that apparently this monster is an alien. What are your thoughts, Christy? I'm never going to go there because you know how much I fucking hate alien topics. So no, it's not. Okay. Well, okay. My third theory, which is a common theory that we discuss on this show. What if it was an owl? Yeah, we're going there. What if it was an owl, Christy? Tell me what you think. No, it's not a fucking owl because okay. the description sounds nothing like an owl. Yeah. So do you think that it is a cryptid, like a full on creature that we have no information of that we haven't seen before? Or what are your thoughts? I don't know. Cause like the description sounds like it could be something completely different, but that hasn't been seen since then. And there's there's not a whole lot of cooperation, but maybe. 
Big old maybe. I love that. So let's summarize this piece. Let's wrap this with a nice, tiny, questionable blow. So due to the 1941 and the 1973 sightings, some believe that perhaps the Enfield monster is one of those creatures that comes around every so many years, similar to Pennywise and Stephen King's It, who comes around every 27 years. With that being said... Does this mean that the Enfield monster comes back every 32 years? Considering there were no publicly listed documented sightings in 2005, being 32 years since the infamous 1973 sightings, I'm gonna say probably not. However, some still believe that any day the Enfield horror monster may come back, and when it does, who knows what will happen. And that is the end of our first ever Weird Distractions of 2022 being the Enfield Horror Monster. Christy, how you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm interested because it's, it just, the story itself is, doesn't really go anywhere, hasn't been seen since, could be cryptid, who knows, but it is interesting. Yeah, and you know what else is interesting, Christy? Let me guess your resources. Absolutely. So big old shout out to the Wikipedia page for Enfield, Illinois, the cryptid Wikipedia wiki page for their coverage on the Enfield Horror Monster. The Reading Eagle article by Chris Detrow called Monster is Papood for the Copley News Service on August 22nd, 1973. The Villager's Voice, The Enfield Horror by The Villager's Voice on May 1st, 2019. The Herald and Review article uh, called Former City Man Believes in Monsters, Author Unknown and this was published on May 15th, 1973. The Dog care website for their article on what dog breeds have five toes on their hind legs by Kat Walden, which there was no date listed. I I went down many paths for this episode in terms of research. Apparently. Well, you just have to because you just want to figure out what's going on. But anyways, thank you to the YouTube video, The Enfield Horror and the Exorn, uploaded by user My Side of the Laundry Room on April 27, 2021. The Medium article, Strangers on the Night by Chris Darquez on July 30th, 2015, the Bella online website for the Enfield Horror by Dina Budd, which there was no date listed. And last but absolutely not least, thank you to the Pantograph article for their article, The Ohio Man May Hold Key to Enfield Monster Epic, which there was no author listed, but that was published on May 16th, 1973. And Christy, it is now your time to shine, my dear. Can you please let our fine listeners know how they can support us, how they can say hi, and you you know, just in general, all the good stuff that you tell at the end of every episode. Yes, our fine listeners, if you are um, looking for us, if you haven't already found us, obviously, for listening, uh, we are on many platforms. So we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods. Um, a good thing with Apple and Spotify now is you can now rate for a podcast. Go on and give us a rating. Five stars would be lovely, as always, but give reviews, give ratings. That would be great. Um, other ways to support us, you have our multiple social media pages. So we're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all courtesy of Alex's lovely Haley work. Uh, again, just searching Weird Distractions podcast. If you're looking for some more of us other than just the episodes or whatnot, we do have extra content, which is at a little bit of a cost. We have Patreon, which we again have been boasting most of the episode a little bit. Um, but if you feel free, you want to go on and get their extra content, some stickers, some cards, some little shout outs. Uh, I'm going to shout out right now to our patrons of Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, and Lynn. As always, you guys are amazing. We love you. Yes, but if you want extra content, go on there, join the crew that is watching us already um, to get some extra content and whatnot. On top of that, we have other ways to kind of reach out and help us out. So we have Buy Me a Coffee, gives a little splurge of some 
monetization. And we also have merch on Redbubble. So please go on there. I'm still early in the new year. Maybe you want a little present for yourself. So you didn't get something for Christmas you didn't want. So go on and buy yourself a sweater or a t-shirt or a bag or a mug or something. Something, anything. 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 And lastly, we are always looking for our listener episodes, as always. Again, um, always. Please, always feel free to email us at weirdistractionspodcast.look.com. We're just looking for any kind of topic. If you have um, something scary or a dream, we love dreams. If you remember it after the fact, if you have an encounter yourself or a friend encounter, or you want to do anonymous, always just send it in. Um, we would love to read your stuff to kind of get a more beefy episode out to our listeners. Absolutely. We would love to do another listener distractions episode. So if you have anything, email us. We want to hear from you. And you know what? If you need a distraction. We got you. Bye. Bye.